Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. Oh my. 
having, if we ever truly want peace in the Middle East. And so at some point we have to uh, stop favoring one group of people over another and see whether or not we can come to some common ground or understanding. It is my understanding 50-plus people have died as a result of the confrontation um, the last few days. And again, these deaths, when it's just the Palestinians, seems not to upset anybody. There will one day come a day of reckoning when Israel will have to recognize that it can't just dominate the discussion and get all that it wants without being willing to compromise. There has to be a need to compromise in order for both sides to feel like they're getting a fair shape. Uh, But it's obvious that Israel is not interested in being fair. Uh, They feel as though they have an entitlement, and as long as the United States is backing them, they feel confident uh, that they can do pretty much what they please. And uh, I'm not sure, again, that's the direction we ought to be going if we're going to be fair. Uh, I think it's time for the United States to stop believing or thinking that it's the police of the the police of the world, and only its viewpoint is uh, is to be considered in these negotiations. And uh, I just think that these the Palestinians' lives need to count for something. And right now, it is uh, they're seemingly being tossed aside. Uh, Cheryl, what what are your thoughts related to uh, this bullying administration where they're pulling out of treaties that we signed, uh, they're moving into areas that were not defined as uh, Israel's uh, land uh, because the Palestinians feel, feel as though they have a right to a portion or a part of Jerusalem. Uh, so what what are your thoughts about um, this president moving forward and pushing his weight around uh, related to the world itself? Good evening, and how's everyone doing? I am probably the worst person to talk about this subject at all. I'm really not up on the information um, as far as what's going on in this area. And when I say that, it's not that I don't hear certain things, but I don't feel like I'm educated enough on the topic, meaning what was said um, during the election of things that um, Donald Trump may have said that and um and really haven't been following a lot of it. Um, I pretty much followed just the things that um, that you sent me. Um, 
and those are the things that I watch, and I've been more as focusing on um, getting those votes and getting people to a better place, you know, in the voting area. So I am so sorry. Uh, well, you don't have to be <laughs> and And you're right. We all have different um, viewpoints of focuses, and we just have to recognize that, that uh, part of being on the show is getting additional information. I'm just upset and, and, and because it seems like Israel just seems to be the bully of the Middle East and that there's very little or no discussion about who has what and when. And so it, it depresses me when the president makes a move uh, that clearly upsets uh, the Palestinians and then they ended up they end up being shot and killed because they're going to be protesting what is happening. Um, Joyce, have you paid attention to this latest uh, onslaught of shooting and killing of the uh, Palestinians uh, based on this move? With our uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. We moved our um, what do we call that building. Joy. Embassy. Embassy. Yeah, we moved our embassy. Our embassy building. Right. Yeah. Happy birthday, James, by the way. Happy Thank birthday you. to you Thank today. You. I, Thank you. I've been watching this, and I think it's so unfair um, how the, uh, Trump has helped them to boga back to the place in Jerusalem. Uh, Obama president proud to them uh they took a, a mutual mutual uh status so they can figure it out and work it amongst themselves they was in the process of meeting coming to a compromise but when uh trump came into power because his son-in-law is yours they decided to, to to do what they definitely did Duck not saying that it's peace because there's not peace you can see the uproar from what is done I think it's totally wrong for uh, the United States to to use their power in such a way. Uh, this guy, uh, and, and then they indicating that uh, he possibly should be up for a Nobel Peace Prize. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But uh, but that's 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 what uh, he's planning to see in the news now that uh, everybody telling him he should be uh, uh, receive the Nobel Peace. But we'll wait and see. So what he's doing is trying to plant the seed to put it out there. Uh, no, I think it's unfair, and uh, my heart goes out for the Palestinians because uh, they were on the road to where they need to be as far as having some compromise, and where that compromise would be that each party, would they would place it in a place where each party will have uh, the same equal power and authority. But uh, this, this Trump just... Uh, 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 he made the call on all of this, and of course they they feel that he did a good decision because it's in the favor of the Jerusalem. But uh, I hate it, and, and this is what we're looking at. It, it's so unrest. He has stirred up a lot of unrest throughout the world, and that's sad to say. And there's no way he should earn a peace a peace prize for that. Thank you, uh, Reverend Smith. Um, do you have any? history you can share with us 
related to uh, Jerusalem and how both sides seem to want to lay claim to it. I, I'm I'm just not the only thing I know is it looks like you know Israel was just given this portion of land and uh, kind of much just uh, the world just allowed them or I don't know who allowed them to just carve out a piece and um, they ended up with Jerusalem in 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 a war uh, that they just dominated the Palestinians and took their land and just have been unwilling to give it back ever since. Well, if you look back at uh, in biblical time, uh, good evening to everybody, and happy birthday also to you, James, and God bless you. And uh, I, I am cold, but I'm, I'm truthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stepped on my toes there, Red. We don't have to talk about that off the air a little bit, because... Uh,
And that's what he's done, regardless of what the circumstances or what the ramifications are going to be. This is what this food has placed everybody is now, because we, why do you think we give Israel all of these weapons? We, we supply, Israel got more nuclear weapons, and they, had, they didn't have to build a thing. We sold them to them or gave them to them. Israel has placed themselves in a position where they make us feel uh, as though we have done something to them. That's why you see everybody talking about pray for Israel, pray for Israel. And the Bible does not say that. The Bible does say in Psalms to pray for Israel, but that was when Israel was in captivity. Israel hasn't been in captivity for years. But as far as God is concerned, they're going to stay where they are because of what they're doing and how they're acting. But it has nothing to do with Trump putting that uh, embassy there. The embassy is there because the angelic people, who is all totally for Israel, is causing him to do this. There are millions and millions of votes that he got from the angelic people and from a lot of the whites and from a lot of the blacks because of this move. But now he's destabilized. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Hundreds of people are dying because of something so stupid as what he did. And it's not fair. It's not fair. But God will take care of it. God will take care of him, too. So so you're saying that in 1948, uh, they just carved out a part of the Middle East and designated it as uh, Israel? Right, that's what they did. And Israel thought that they should own it all. Israel got upset, and they became angry, and that's when they had a war with the Palestinians. But they lost that war. They, were, they wanted everything. Just They weren't satisfied with just having the Gaza Strip. They didn't just want the Israel part that they had been given. They wanted it all. Because they said that God brought them out of Egypt to put them into this land. And he told them to go in and fight against the Philistines. But that was what God said then. And he doesn't change. But what they did was that Israel was so disobedient to God removed himself. You know, like God will turn you over to a reprobate mind. And that's what God has actually done with Israel. God has turned Israel over to, until they decide to come back and and believe and trust in his son, God is not going to give them too much of anything. But we are giving them the world, and we are going to suffer for it. We, we, the United States, are going to suffer for it. It seems obvious to me, and again, I don't, uh, I I rely on you for the historic portion, but what I've seen since I've been an adult is that, uh, just like you said, the U.S. props them up and gives them so much military ability uh, that yeah. others in the region are, are afraid or are not willing to take them on, and so and they know that we are their ally. 
so that's another part that keeps them from really attacking Israel because those people feel like Israel has done them a dis uh, injustice. Uh, so, and they have. so it's yeah, it's interesting how you know we look at it and we see it in a different way uh, than some of uh, white America because we see uh, we we have an idea of what it's like uh, to be treated unfairly. That's true, and that's the reason why it's not right because uh, who's saying that it's okay, and the one who's making the calls. So that's unjust. So since when are they going to do the right thing? And the right thing was just to stay neutral, and that's what Trump refused to do. So as soon as he got in power, because he knew that Obama had it in a position prior to and the same as the other president, sure, he could have made the, made the call and, and do it the way of what he thought was best. But he thought what was best to do it like the previous president, to be in a neutral right. status. But this, mm-hmm. this guy, he comes in, and just because he hates Obama so much, mm-hmm. and because of his son-in-law, he comes in and overthrow, and this is what you have right now. It's, it's just it's just ridiculous, burning. And in the end, you know, look at look at how they have to rebuild. You're destroying. It's just ridiculous. But he don't care because he's over in the United States saying what good 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 day it is and for Israel for Jerusalem and Israel and that's what he's all about. But the thing is, is that if he really cared about the people, he did never weigh out the consequences of how the revolt was going to upstir. And now they back at square one where they had made plenty of knowledge. Yeah. As far as coming to the table and compromise. And right now it's just ridiculous. It's just it's just unreal. This guy is destroying and uprooting everything he touches and don't give a darn about it. But I cannot no. understand why he has such followers because these followers he's got that's behind him 100% shows you just how racist and how evil and how much of a devil they are. It's ridiculous. And you got a that's whole the, bunch of them here. You got a whole Christ. bunch of them. And Reverend Smith, one of the things that upset me is because the Palestinians don't have the ability uh, to wage any type war because they don't have the necessary support or money uh, to uh, mount any kind of opposition. That is so true, and that's what I was about to, I wanted to say also. They have no way of fighting back against tanks. Why would you kids and people that are throwing rocks and you are standing uh, you are sitting there behind uh, inside those tanks and everything else why would you shoot and they're actually shooting off those uh, 50 millimeter caliber weapons from the tanks and and and, and shooting the the the, um, the big bullets out of uh, I don't know nothing about tanks because I was in Air Force but I know that those tanks shoot some big weapons, big big bullets, and 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 it's just wrong killing those people like that. And they're going to have to answer for this. Israel and the United States are going to have to answer for this, and it, it is a shame. It's a, I mean, it's really a shame. No, it's the Palestinians. They won't even give them anything. They won't give the help the Palestinians with nothing, and the other countries. Because they think that the United States, like Joyce said, 
everybody's so afraid that the United States is going to jump on the bandwagon with Israel, which they will. And we are the most powerful nation when it comes down to war weapons. But don't get it wrong. You got some crazy folks out there now. You got some crazy folks like the North Koreans, the 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 uh, the Chinese, the Japanese, and all those other people. They got where we only got about three hundred thousand soldiers. These are million soldiers, but these people got four and five million soldiers, ground soldiers, but they don't have the weapons. They don't have all of the weapons that we got because we limit them. We we sell them so many weapons, only a few, just enough to keep them feeling secure. But the bulk of the weapons go to the United States and Israel. Yeah, Israel got the ammunition from the United States to, to overthrow. Every bit. Every bit. And, and, they, they, and, and they, uh, Trump made that happen. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's how come they said, when you throw rocks, we're going to throw thumbet, thumbet bombs. And that's what they've been doing. It's, it's, but you know what? This, this they are holy people, the Palestinian to me, and 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 in the end, it's like David and Goliath. But you know, it, 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 you just never know what will happen in the end. You you never ever know. You might be it's big. Going. The bigger they are, sometimes the harder you fall. So we just have to wait and see because there might be some underlying countries may come come to their rescue too. So then all of a sudden, and I'm assuming you got a huge civil type of war, and, and that's where we are right now. Well, I believe that Trump really wants the war because war helped his buddies to make a whole lot more billions of dollars. All these people with this money, this Boeing, and all of these plain people and other people, they want to make, they, um, they love to make money. Every time there's a recession, do you ever notice that there was always a war when there was a recession? That's because mm-hmm. money, money began to float around. And, yes, yeah. you're right. This is what they're looking for. Trump want to make war. If you listen to the television today, the, his sons are over there now trying to put up a $500 million hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. $500 million. Thing that 
They're going to change yeah. on him like there's no tomorrow. But, see, they haven't taken that into consideration because everybody's thinking about the military the way that it used to be. It used to be you can't even get a brother halfway who's got common sense now to go into a military. He's a fool if he does because there's so much up here, other things for them to get in, into without it. Secondly, they, they feel that, they're, that, not that really, every, they're not smart enough to be in the military. So that's good. And you're sure not going to get the Mexicans because you're trying to send them back over the wall. So, therefore, who you got to fight your war? So our thing is to sit back and let's see what they do. You know, we'll be the surviving are, in the end. They do have the the, the, the uh, Puerto Ricans are going in the wall, hand over foot. Over there, they are going in a lot. And believe it or not, there are still a lot of brothers going into service. Not as many as it used well, let me, to. Let me, ask, let, me ask, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Reverend. You know, this came up uh, recently. Uh, that, you know, they were talking about how um, Hillary Clinton was selling uh, her availability for that foundation they had, uh, the Clinton Foundation. But then we come to find out that uh, Donald Trump's lawyer has been getting hundreds of thousands from different companies and organizations who wanted access to Donald Trump. So... Why is it all of a sudden that when it comes out that Donald Trump's cronies are doing the same thing they accuse Hillary Clinton of doing, people are being quiet as well? You were talking about people being quiet about what's uh, going on in terms of his administration and um, uh, him doing these things in Israel. But here right at home when they talk about him cleaning the swamp, he's making the swamp bigger. He is making it larger and larger and larger because most all Republicans, James, as you well know, are multimillionaires. They all are wealthy businessmen, all of them. I don't know one Republican that's not a businessman. But at the same time, so they're getting what they want. They're getting the money and things that they want. And I'm not, you know, I, I get kind of upset when I see these young kids dying over there, but I'm not as as upset as I would be because I know God's going to straighten this foolishness out. God's going to take him to the limit. He really is. You can already see God moving already. He may not move right now in Trump, but you see what's happening to his wife right now. You see, God yeah. don't just necessarily move in you. God hey. will give you a warning with somebody yeah. that you you supposed to love or love. God Come gives in you a different warning direction. In Hello. a different direction. Yes, he will. Yes, indeed. And, yes, and indeed. the next thing you know, God will come back on your behind. Okay? Yes, he will. So, yes, he will. I'm not, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we're going to see it. I'm it's so unfortunate that we're going to have to witness this foolishness. But we're going to see it. And all of the hatred and everything, all this stuff is going to backfire on all of these foolishness. It's going to backfire right in their face. And so I'm just sitting back waiting myself, waiting. And, and the bad thing about it, he's using the, 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 
I don't want to say the dumb ones. He just using people that are so unlearned. You understand that the poor people, the poor, the the people who want to be rich and want to be on white, who want to be a Republican, who dislike minorities, and and all this boils down to race. Believe me. It does. About the it color does. of your skin. That's what it all boils down to. And that's sad that it is because we was most of us was born with a strike against us in their eyesight, but definitely not in the eyesight of God. But this is what all of this boils down to. Everything well, that Obama put into place or wanted to put in place, he's striking as if he did never exist. But one thing he could never, ever take away from Obama is, he always would be the first black president of these United States of America. Uh, Tashi, let me ask you, uh, Do you have you had any concerns or have you been paying attention to what has happened in Israel? I'll go back to what we were originally talking about, uh, that we moved our embassy into Jerusalem, and now all of a sudden the Palestinians are in an uproar and um, – yeah, 52 of them have died between yesterday and today, and we are starting to look like the bully again. I apologize, James. I have not read, seen, or heard of anything. I want to say hi to my brothers and sisters. I just came on to wish you a very happy birthday. I know today is your special day, and I wanted to say that I love you, and happy birthday. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I um, I kind of like try to let it go by, uh, slip by me so I don't remember that I'm getting older. But I do realize getting older is better than the opposite uh, uh, effect uh, that I can, it could be. So yeah, I better just accept getting older and being happy about it. But thank you for for uh, for saying, giving me my praises on this day. Um, let me ask you, Carol, uh, is there anything on your mind right now that uh, you'd like to talk about, you know, in your area or what's going on? We can just turn this into uh, uh, what's on your mind Monday since we don't have a lot uh, to talk about. Uh, in, in the different areas. What, what's on your mind today, uh, Cheryl? Ah, well, first of all, I want to apologize for not wishing you a happy birthday. And happy birthday. That's what I want to say first. Um, on my mind, you know, so many things is on my mind, James, and that's on a personal level. But um, I think one of the things that I think about um, and been thinking about is when doing business with anything and anyone, whether um, um, always know all your information. Um, and I, when I say that is that um, it was an accident and they really tried to pay, the insurance tried not to pay and I have full coverage. So when I say that is, is to know all the details of when you purchase an insurance. Um, when I say knowing your business, and meaning that um, earlier today I found out that somebody took about $500 worth of um, 
um, $500 out of my account. And that means having an alert, you know, meaning still taking care of your business. Um, I've gotten uh, notice that my insurance, my medical insurance should have paid something since October, and it didn't, and meaning that I had to kind of walk it through myself to make sure it does not get on my credit. And all of these things bring me back to, you know, making sure that your business is well taken care of. And I always say, you know, with me doing credit repair is to check your account every single day and making sure that you have alerts on your account, notifications on your cards when they're being used. Um, all of these little minor things are very, very important and can be a setback, you know, to us in different um, areas of our life because all of these things come as unexpected. But if you have yourself well prepared and you know your rights and you're checking your account and you're making sure that certain things have been paid, when I say medical, um, then you have the least amount, you know, to worry about. And keep those records. You know, making sure, keep those um, papers showing that um, that certain things is being paid um, and keep them for a couple of years. And I know it's a lot of paperwork and stuff, but when it comes back on you, you immediately have your proof. And a lot of things are done online, so that way you can go back and you can say, I had appointments, this was done. and So just various things. So in all I say is that, you know, take care of your business and don't let it take a detour, put a detour in your life or your life situation. Because these things, you know, no matter how much you try to protect yourself, and this is in a couple of different areas, you know, no matter what I'm doing, the alerts, the, um, the notifications, all of those things and checking – it still does not mean that, you know, it could not happen to me, which it did, and could not happen to someone else. So I just say dot your I's, cross your T's, save your receipts, and check, check, check. James, are you there? Yeah, I'm back. I, I, I pulled, I pulled the Reverend Smith. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, had to do a I had to pick at you, Reverend Smith. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna ask all of you guys a uh, uh, a question. You know, I'm just new at this, and uh, I have, um, I decided, and I'm going to just put it out there, and you all. Tell me what your thoughts are. I am not very good. When I have money, I have a tendency to to not not do with it as I should, and I spend more of it than I should. So I've kind of uh, put uh, my money away, and which requires uh, me some time to get it. But when I say that, so I'm putting myself on about a a twenty four thousand dollar limit 
And when I say I put myself on a $24,000 limit, it means that I usually don't ask them to send me but $2,000 a month. And um, so that means that there's times when my accounts are very low uh, because I'm waiting for that that the $2,000 to hit. But I could very well just tell them to give me 24000 at one particular time. But my fear of putting 24000 in my savings account and then giving it to myself is that I'll run through it. Or somebody, like you said, Joyce, could come in and take some of it, and then I would be in, in, a, in a bad position. So, um, you know, and let me just give you some background. My mother passed away before she became 62, so she didn't get her she didn't get her Social Security. Also, she uh, died uh, after only two years of retirement, and she had a pension coming from um, on, uh, from Florida uh, from Florida educators, but it because she passed away, they took most of her money. So my fear was, hey, listen, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm going to take all of my money, put it in into a place where I can give it to myself, and if anything happens to me, then that can go to my daughter, okay? But my mother's money couldn't come to me because I wasn't her husband or I wasn't her dependent child at her death. So her her pension couldn't come to me. And since we were in the same thing, I decided to do something different. So I got nearly a half million dollars, and I budgeted it out to myself. But I just asked you, does it make sense to put a, you know, this is about my time this year, I used my birthday, to decide how much I want to spend for the rest of the year to the next birthday. Uh, but I'm kind of scared of putting that 24000 in that savings. Or and, and I feel much more comfortable just having them send me two thousand each year. But again, there are times when my budget uh, gets kind of low. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm gonna go to Joyce first. Joyce, what what is your thoughts about how you have how much access you want to your money, or do you uh you know are you like me or are you better than me with uh not doing too much spending because I don't want to do too much overspending in one month and then be be crying coming into to uh, April and May. Well, what I do is that I have something similar to you where I allot out a certain amount uh, that is given to me once a year, but I, I don't operate on that. To me, that's free spending money that I do to come to visit my mom down in Florida and to do exactly what it is that I want. It's just a small amount, but the buck of that is tied up. But what I do also have, I have an account. I think it's like a money market. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. But I can, it, when I get low, uh, I want to transfer and maneuver. Uh, I can, that's that one account where I can dip out of. So I always secure that. But I, I got myself on a budget where I know what I need to do per month. If I go beyond that, then I kind of yo-yo back a little bit the next month. But I'm comfortable enough whereas money that I got put away that I really don't want to be touched, I got that separate where I cannot touch it, and I operate strictly on my retirement uh, that I got coming in. And uh, what I do allow this one time of the month, right before my mom 
send me a check. And that's my, my, my going to Florida money, going to the casino money, and doing that. And that's how I budget. But I budget myself on a monthly basis based on the income that I know for sure, which is my Social Security and my retirement check. Yeah, I, uh, again, being new at this is because it's my third year. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what is the best way uh, to do it, uh, again, because there are some times when, um, I'm, you know, I do have money coming in from different sources uh, to to go along with that, that the $2,000 I request. Um, but it, it seems sometimes when uh, that I may need to put a little more in that savings to kind of offset that, but I'm, I'm fearful, uh, Reverend Smith, of uh, – Having something, you know, it takes 12 days for them to get me the money I request every month, but um, which makes me be a little more careful. Uh, but I don't, I'm fearful of having that money be right there in that savings account where I can just go to it at will. I understand what you're saying, James, and uh, I, um, when I retired as a pastor, I chose to take all of my money because I know how to handle my own money better than anybody else. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I also do what Joyce has said. I put myself on a budget. And with my money coming from the military, from my Social Security, and from my retirement, during the course of a month, I have enough money that's coming in to take care of my bills and do anything else I want to do without Mm -hmm. having to worry about the money that I got put away. So, but even so the one that I really wanted, the one that I really make sure that I budget is the money that I do have coming in, not the money that I got in the bank. I get the money. I budget my budget from the money that's coming into my house so that I won't have to ever touch unless I choose to, like Joy say, to go on a vacation or do something else. That's when I go into that other money. Uh, but, see, you, you, you've got to, the thing that a lot of people don't do is that you've got to become disciplined. That's, what, that's how you've got to deal with money, James. You really have to become disciplined. What is a necessity and what is not a necessity? What, should, what, what can I get along without and what can I not get along without? So everything that we see, even though I have the money, everything I see, it doesn't mean I need it. <laughs> I don't need it at all. I might want it, but do I really need this? Can I, can I just let this go until I get into my next, next budget cycle? And then when I get into my next budget cycle, do I have a little extra left over from this budget cycle so I can add it on? And then when I get to that point, I'll add that on, and when it adds up to what I wanted, then I'll get it. If I don't, if it don't add up to that, I leave it alone. So that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. You really have to. You have to really come to a point in your life where you say, "Do I really need this, or do I just want it?" That's the, those are the two optimum words: need and want. That we have to deal with and, and when budgeting come out I got that from an old white guy Who's very wealthy Who told me He said 
job. He said, you mind if I say something to you? I said, no, go ahead. I said, just be careful. He said, I'm not going to use a word or nothing like that. He said, but I want to ask you a question. Why is it that black folks are the best-dressed, poverty-stricken people in the world? And I told him, I said, you're right about that. And we are. That's why you people to why don't you go here, Giles, or just go walk through the mall? If I walk through the mall, James, I'm like you. I see something, I'm going to buy it. So it, it's like a crackhead. If you ain't, you know good and well you're you going to spend that money. If you go into a crack house, you're going to smoke crack. If you know you're going to spend that money by going downtown or going over here, don't go. You have to become disciplined. And that's what I don't do. If I'm going on a date or I'm going to uh, take somebody out to dinner and stuff, i got a budget for myself there. I'm, I'm not going to be cheap. I'm definitely not going to be cheap. I'm going to make sure everything is taken care of. But I know when I do it, I say, wait a minute, did I go over? Now, what do I, when I, can I look back on what I have and see, well, maybe I need to cut back on this over here. So it's, it's, a, it's a give and take. From your budget, not from what you got in the bank, but from your budget. Yeah, it, it's, it is interesting. You know, uh, a lot of people are not rushing to get older, uh, but I find myself rushing to get to 62 because then I know that that's, uh, I can cut back on the money that I take from my account. And uh, uh, I got one more year. They got all these, it's interesting, they got all these numbers you got to pay attention to. Like right now, I'm getting. A, I take a hit when I take some of my money, uh, but then when you get to 59 and a half, I they stop. They stop giving you a big hit, and so right. I retired a little more early than uh, most people. Uh, so I'm taking a hit every year right now, but when I get to 59, I'll, it'll it'll be a less hit, and then when I get to 62, I'll get some additional funds that uh, will allow me to not have to take any of, of my savings. And so it, it is, right. a, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing out, Reverend Smith, uh, how, how to maneuver through this so that I make sure that um, I'm going to be able to eat depending on how long I live. And so, Cheryl, it is uh, interesting that you find yourself in this position where things like, I have to tell you the most damaging thing that this administration did to me when I first retired, my uh, insurance went lower because of Obamacare. And then when um, Trump did what he did, um, my uh, insurance went up to a thousand dollars a month. And I decided, hey, look, I'm yeah. not going to spend twelve thousand dollars a year. I did not even go to the doctor this year. So what sense yeah. did it make? For me to spend twelve thousand dollars when I wasn't even sick this year, and so those are the kinds of things I find myself dealing with uh, as I, I make these decisions uh, because I've never been a sickly person, even though I know I need to lose weight. So I'm not, you know, that thousand dollars a month is uh, would just be take a take a my budget would take a big hit. Um, so Cheryl, I find myself just trying to figure out uh, how to get maneuver to. Uh, this older age. Um, 
Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I kind of agree with um, Pastor Smith. You know, you do have to put yourself on a budget. You have to be disciplined. You have to know what it is that's necessary and what it's not. And meaning that putting yourself on a budget does not mean that you can't have some of the things that you um, desire to have. It just means you're not going to overspend to the point of you're not going to be able to take care of yourself comfortably. And in all of that, you always put something in an immediate savings, meaning that exactly. something that you put your hand on right, you know, in um, when you right away and not have to wait over a period of time for it. Because situations come up every single day unexpectedly, and you're not mm-hmm. and you, you're not aware of what may come up. Just because it has not happened now. You still want to always be prepared if something do, do happen. But, um, you know, you got to constantly talk to yourself. And, I mean, if you need help, then maybe you should seek, you know, um, I know you said, mentioned before about how you trust your daughter with handling your business. And depending on how she do with hers, maybe you can get her to help you you know, to go over some things and to help you to budget and help you to see some things. Um, But discipline is definitely one of them because, you know, people who work and you never want to um, run out of money and Mm -hmm. be trying to make some money, you know, and because that has a whole different, that changes your attitude and everything when you just don't have enough money to pay the things mm-hmm. that you, you know, pay. So, mm-hmm. you know, seek some help until you can get down to the point where you really um, need to get it. But discipline is definitely the key thing. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many of us. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, we should talk about um, from time to time is like, you know, there's just so many of us who are getting uh, to the age where we're deciding or thinking about leaving our jobs and how we're going to maneuver through this thing. I mean, I have, um, in the last three years, every time you turn around, it seems like what I think I got the thing under control and I know I'm going to be okay, uh, something crazy happened. I had two vehicles when I retired, and I felt comfortable, and I liked the idea of having two cars and um and, you know, one was a special truck that was the newest truck. And then after I lost it, now I find myself in a situation where my my older truck runs fine. It runs fine, and there's no problem with it. <laughs> but every time I go out there or go past a place, I start thinking, well, can I, can I afford $500 a month to get me another truck, you know, get me a newer truck? And um, I feel like I can. But I just don't necessarily know if I want to. I don't know if I want that, uh, you know, that other bill coming out. You know, I don't have it right now, and I've gone without it for eight months. And uh, so, uh, Joyce, I'm kind of like not sure if I want to get back into another monthly bill. 
Well, you know, you got to weigh that out, and that's a materialistic thing, too. So it does think it's worth it for you to be in style to go to point A to point B when you can look at the school with going to point A to point B in the regular truck? You got to really take that into consideration. And, you know, I'm at life where uh, right now that's just materialistic. That's for them young bucks to be looking that way that you're thinking, James. I mean, like, my, my, my thing is, if you're not investing in your health insurance, you want to put that in a special account like Mrs. Cheryl say, that's hands-on money account. Right. Uh, I right. think it's like a money mark. That's what I think mine is like a money. It's it's freely, you know, it, um, that that much interest. You don't care about it because you want it mm-hmm. when you can touch it or whatever. But my thing is, you know, why pay a thousand dollars a month in health insurance when you can just put that, dump it right over there in that account and start billing it. So in the event you do get ill. You got something, but always remember that when you do get ill, anyway, you're going to go to the hospital. They got to take you in, and they got to service you. You understand what I'm saying? Then you can always come back in and make some type of arrangement of what you can afford, what you can afford. And listen to what I say, what you can afford to pay them. And my thing is, some bills, you're going to always be in debt. And to me, when it comes to my health, I don't shortchange myself at all. But this materialistic stuff like what what you're talking about, if your your truck is running good, why in the devil you want to go out there and do a $500 note? Because let me tell you what, in five years, that 500 note is going to be more than that because something's going to break down. You know they're not mm-hmm. making these cars to last no more than two years or three years, but you're going to have to have that car note and some type of maintenance, not unless you lease it. Once you lease, that might be a whole different ball game. Because my take on anybody that's retired is what they told me. If you're not traveling and you're retiree, don't you ever buy another car in your life. You should be leasing a car instead of. Now, white folks been doing this all along. Us black folks just learning this stuff. So I like to pass Amen. it on to you because that's what was told to me. Mrs. Garrison, Amen. you shouldn't have never bought a car anywhere. But, uh, you see, I'll come figure out why my neighbors, white folks, have a car like every two years. A new car, a new car. Come to find out they've been leasing and I've been trying to buy mine. And I don't want to buy nothing else. You want to lease it, baby. So if you want that new truck that you passing by there for them, you go in there and ask them how much will it be for the lease. And I guarantee you it's twice as much what you would be paying trying to own it. And once you own it, it, it it's outdated. So why you want to own something outdated? So you're going to be looking again. So trust me when I tell you that, James. You do one or the other. You keep on pushing in that old truck that you got looking good. Or you can go in there and ask them for a lease. So um, that's a good way of looking at it. If you just got to style in something new, don't buy no more. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm listening. I mean, this is a good. Uh, Reverend Smith, you know, I just, like I said, you know, I, I, um, you know every month I, I see my accounts getting low, and then I wait for my check to come in. And I got other stuff, you know, that brings me money in. But I'm reluctant to just go and pull out five or ten thousand dollars and put it in that savings account because I'm not sure if I can just let it stay there without touching it. You know that other account it takes them twelve days to send me my money, so it allows me. Uh, uh, I'm better, you know, it's not messing with it. So, so um, I don't know. I'm just concerned about putting too much money in that savings where I can go get it every day. And then, uh, and and then run out before my my new year starts. Yeah. Now, James, that we are we are discussing this. Now that we're discussing this, and you hearing what we are all saying, 
And every, every last one of us are saying to you is discipline. We're constantly saying that to you is discipline. And you right now, you just turned, what, 58 years old, whatever. It's, it's discipline, discipline. And like Cheryl was saying, and then like Joy said, point A to point B is the same God-blasted distance as it was with a new one or old one. You can get there as long as you can get to where you want to go. You know, the reason I got a new truck, James, is because when I got my 100% disability, they had to pay me so much money from back pay. They paid me a lot of money from back pay. They, they, they had been fooling with me for 50 years before they decided to let me go and go to the VA. So, but the whole thing, that's when I decided I'd get me a truck. But what I did was I don't even, I don't even know that money is there. I don't even know it's there. But I did exactly what Joyce, Joyce said do. I took me $20,000 and I put it in a savings account. I already had a checking account open. The only way I even think about the savings account is when I get to a point that I have been foolish when I did. Now I don't. But when you would get foolish, you go down to such a, such a point in your money, you say, okay, I need to transfer some of this money. But you always need some money on hand that you can go put your hands on in case of an emergency. That is a, that's a must. That's a must. Now, every time I guarantee you, Miss Cheryl or Joyce or Miss Joyce, any of them, if they make a budget, you're going to always have 10% over your budget for emergencies. Always have 10% over for emergencies on your budget. So you take that money. I have not had to touch that $20,000 I put into the savings account. And so my other money, which is in another bank, I don't have to worry about that. Because I know now that I got my truck. That's all I wanted out of anything. I wanted me something that I said I was going to live with for the rest of my natural life. And I meant that. I got me a GMC, and that was it. And that's all. I don't want nothing else. And so you've got to come to that point. I know you, you're about, what, 15 years younger than me or something like that, or 16, 17 but being Mr. You well, ain't no, you I'm, ain't no, if, you, if not you are not, you are not, you are not, yeah, but you are not a pretty you, boy anymore. Okay, you passed that stage, okay? You passed, right. you passed, you passed that stage, James. You got a beautiful daughter who you sitting back there, like Miss Joyce said or Michelle what? You sit down and say, baby, look here, daddy is kind of flugal when it comes down to my money. I need your help or whatever. But you got to come to the point where you say, I am strong. I'm strong because God made me strong. I'm not going to allow my my want to take over my needs. And if you keep telling yourself that when you see something, like you've been passing those car lots, James, You've been passing uh-huh. that car lot, and you say, oh, no, I'm, forget it. That's too much. I don't want that bill. So that tells me right there you're already going in the right direction. So don't make a, a silly mistake, not right now anyway, 
to go and get a car because you're already struggling with how to keep hold on to what you already got. So let that let that, let that go and let that fight yourself and place discipline within yourself and ask God to give right. you that discipline and He'll give it to you, James. And I know, I know, I know better than anybody because I was tempted when I got all that money, but I said, no, 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 I ain't giving my children nothing. I got, they'll get it all when I go. I won't even let them know I got it, so that one day when they go to my my daughter's on my bank account. And one day when they go to the bank and say, oh, my God, Daddy got that. Yeah, that's it. But you're not going to be coming to me, running to me every 10 days, you know. So you got to become disciplined. So do that for yourself, James. You deserve that. You owe yourself that. You're a good man. You deserve that. But as long as you keep allowing yourself to go into that crack house, you're going to smoke crack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you what. You... I'm a I'm a stay away from that five hundred dollars a month uh, bill. Um, I did drive up in there and I saw that uh, that uh, fifty that big old truck that big old no that two fifty looks so good that Ford. And um, <laughs> so I'm gonna stay away from it a little while. I'm gonna keep y'all on breast about how, how good I do it because I did take me a I took me another little lump sum that I'm waiting for. Uh, this is my, you know, birthday month, so I, I, I usually ask them for a little more lump sum, and then they know I take uh, my regular two thousand a, a month. So, but I take me a little bit more on my birthday. Um, Why? But uh, Why I did you take it, thinking, oh, well, this could be a down payment on something, or I, James, I can just put it away. But James, why do you take extra just because you've had fifty nine birthdays? Why do you take something extra just for your birthday? You are not. That's, a, that's an excuse. That is, is telling. That's what I. That's exactly what I was about to say, Joy. That's an excuse. Because you want to spend. What are you going to do so special that you couldn't have done otherwise? You want to. You don't. You, you're hurting yourself. Because it's my birthday. You're 59 years old. What are you talking about? I, I, I got to take some extra for my birthday. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm good. I know that I'm, the all the other months, I've been real good, and I only used that 2000 But uh, I had to ask for a little extra because, they okay, every, you know, after this, I just get the two. So that's at 2400 24,000, but um, I just, uh, and I know that when I get to to pick the two, that uh, they they gonna, they gonna give me money so I can cut back. I don't have to use the two. But it's it's just the game, and I appreciate what y'all are telling me because I'm gonna hold off. I'm gonna see if I can hold off another year, well So if I get to if I get to um, another year pass without buying that truck. Then I say they, they they help me out again another year, cause you're right that I can put that five hundred that I know I have extra. I should be putting that five hundred in the E Trade, cause I got me an E Trade account that I like playing with, and so um I could be putting that five hundred in that E Trade instead of talking about putting it in that truck every month. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Thank you, thank you. All right, we're gonna take a short break, guys. 
and we're going to come back and uh, let everybody have their final words. All right, sir.
This is James Petershay, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflections. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruptions. It is important for us to be on the podcast. Call in to 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard on a few blocks. Uh, Cheryl, what what is your final thought this evening? Well, again, um, I want to um, wish you a happy birthday. And with this um, end part of the conversation is that, you know, with all of the good that you do, and you do so much good, but in this one area, you can do better. <laughs> well, Cheryl... I'm going to try to listen to you guys, and I'm going to try to stay away from them car lots. Uh, I'm going to try to put the extra money uh, that I did uh, have sent to myself, see if I can put it in my my savings and let it stay there. Uh, and, and I am going to do some, uh, some uh, exchanging on my E-Trade uh, to uh, bet on a few things, uh, bet on a few companies, and See how I can do there, but I try to stay away from them car lots. All right, uh, Joyce, uh, what is your final thought this evening? Uh, my final thought is that uh, there's nothing wrong with splurging every once in a while, but make sure when you do do that type of splurge, you have it already in your budget. And I don't mean splurging going to buy a brand new car. I mean just doing something special for you on your birthday. So happy birthday today. And if you're anything like Andre, I'm sure that you, you your birthday is for the rest of the month. So anyway, enjoy. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, I'm not quite like Andre, but uh... – in fact, I'm a little different because I'd be let, trying to let it slip by me without thinking about anything. But uh, all I'm really thinking about is that truck. But uh, I might I might let you all have your way. I, I, I have been looking at getting me a cargo van because I need something to, to uh, be able to uh, do stuff around. So I might just get me a used ca- a cargo van. Uh, Reverend Strip, what is your final thought this evening? I just give God the praise, James. And like uh, Cheryl and Joyce both said, you have yourself a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful birthday. Keep your money in your pocket because you can go out there and have a good time and enjoy yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like like Joyce said, make sure that it, that was in part of your budget already. Um, and you'll do fine. You will do fine. If you you got to trust yourself, James. If you don't trust yourself, all the talk or the conversations that we have are not going to do you a bit of good. You really got to trust you because we can't, we're not there with you, and others are not. No matter how many phone calls you make, <laughs> you, still, you still need to stay away from that car lot and stay out of that crack house, okay? Stay out of the crack house. All right? Because <laughs> so, you know what happens every time you go in the crack house, right? You're going to smoke some crack. Stay away from it. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling you. God, God bless you, and just know that we love you, and we wish you all the blessings in the world on this special day for you. And may you continue to grow and grow and grow. And stop stop being too nice to everything that moves. I mean, be, be petted, but learn to let it go, Okay. 
Well, we, you, you and I are going to have to have a long conversation because there's something just to say. But we, we'll, we'll talk about that. And I thank all okay. of you, uh, Joyce and uh, Cheryl, know that you are a very important part of my my uh, internal family and that uh, I take everything you say to heart uh, because it's important to me uh, to make everything work for the best. And uh, you're right, Cheryl, I can do better. So each year I'm going to try to do better. <laughs> so take care, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern right. time on Thought, Love, and Reflection. Your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place. Hey, hey, hey.